You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, hope you're well. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you, it's Simon Robbins from the UK outfit Flight of Eden. Now Simon takes care of the guitars, the synth, and also the mixing and the mastering for the band, and the reason for the chat with Simon is to talk up the superb new EP from the lads, it's called Dante's Inferno. So here he is, Simon Robbins. Yeah. But, uh, well, look, it's uh, it's good to finally talk to you regardless, I've got to tell yeah, you. you know, uh, I appreciate Jade lining these things up because uh, in yeah. my experience, she only brings on board bands that are the real deal and you guys are testament to that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm thanks, grateful man. to uh, to reach out to me to offer me the opportunity to have a chat to you because I, I do enjoy the EP, I've got to tell you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Yeah, no, we're, we're really happy with the uh, response we've had so far. Um, it's Yeah, it's been really good and I'll... I think the stuff we've done with Jade has been really, really helpful. I mean, our average listeners on Spotify has gone up. It's like doubled, so it's Sweet. been really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's nice when you've got somebody who knows what the hell they're yeah. doing because there's so many yeah. bloody shamsters in this business and the music industry, aren't yeah. they, who for $3,000 or pounds in your yeah. case, I'll give you this outcome, and you're like, really? How can you promise yeah. that? You can't promise shit. Yeah. You've just got to rely on the fact that that yeah. the connections and the networks that the promoter or the uh, agent in Jade's case has built up are going to yield a result for you. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. I think the other band that I um, interviewed courtesy of Jade was Black Income, and they actually made number one on my yeah. year-end list last year. That's nice. how, how good they were. And, and the, that's why I didn't have any... I mean, A, I didn't have any hesitation uh, investigating when Jade sent it through, but B, you guys are bloody good. So it makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, no. Uh, Jade was actually recommended to us by um, uh, Christian's band, his old band, Brutai. You may know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, their manager, recommended Jade because uh, they worked together. Um, so yeah, she was recommended, highly recommended to us, and she's been yeah, she's been really good, mm. really good. Well, look, let's let's talk about the EP then because uh, yeah. it, it's called Dante's Inferno, mm. and. Yeah. Uh, to me, before I read the bio that Jade sent through, this is what I like about mm. her as well, just to, to, to bookend mm. your point there, is she sends through a lot of info that make it uh, make sense of the music that I'm listening to. So so immediately before mm. I actually read the bio, though, that she sent through, it sounded mm. like it could be a concept-themed release, and of course yeah. it is. You know, yeah. And yeah. it talks about the Italian poet Dante, who I'm sure many mm. people who are into heavy metal or the broader left-hand path will be familiar with. He's uh, he's uh, descended to hell there, and that via the Divine Comedy. Yeah. And yes. look, you blokes clearly have an interest in the classics, and I love intelligent heavy metal. So why Dante? Because yeah. it sounds like as though you guys are intelligent intelligent enough to actually dive into almost any subject under that under that very broad banner. Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, when when we were thinking about doing a, a more, so basically, what we did like a few a few years ago was released an EP called transitions which is um is more focused kind of shorter songs on it mm-hmm. um still still progressive metal but kind of a bit you know i won't say the word genty but it's kind of a bit more technical sure. kind of stuff we wanted to do another ep which kind of explored our influences um on the progressive side of things um and so we we thought you know the more better way to do it would be to have a concept ep um have that as a because not only just the lyrics but it, co- it also sort of structures the song as well um so uh, yeah i mean it's something we've known for a while and 
we we picked it out and we thought it would be a really good story to tell. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's um, the the song itself is actually uh, one big twenty three minute song, and then we broke it up. Into yes, I picked that. Yeah. I've got to tell you, I yeah. did pick that because I, I go walking a lot and I actually have an electric scooter these days. So I listen to music yeah. on that and uh, I, I accidentally had shuffle on. So, of course, it didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, when yeah. I worked out, I had shuffle on and then I listened to it. It actually made complete sense. So I have to make this point now. It, yeah. it, the EP could almost be reclassified as a score. Now, it's by no means a typical EP insofar as you pick it up and you get through the, the eight or nine yeah. tracks that are, in your case, that might be on there and four or five of them are full of, you know, what would be termed traditional metal music in that sense. Yeah. But, look, the, yeah. the first two songs really could have been lifted from The Passion of the Christ and that's before the metal mm. kicks in or, or Gladiator, yeah. you know, the, the, those sort of films. And before the, the, yeah. the metal kicks in, that is very much in the vein of uh, the the proggier stuff, as far as I could I could hear anyway of dream theater stuff. So, yeah. you know, big points for that doing that because it's you're playing very technical music there. But look, yeah. you know, I, I understand that you guys do everything yourself, and you specifically have a big hand in this due to the the mixing and the mastering side of things. So I'll get that to that point a bit later. But do yeah. you what's the inspiration behind the symphonic aspect of your music? Because you do have that down pat. Well, I think the the most important thing we wanted to do with the EP was to make sure the music had the right vibe to it, and kind of told the epicness of the story, um, and and made sure that you know everything from the mix, like you said, to the to the songs, the way they're written, we wanted them to have a specific kind of sound to them, um, and you know. Th- we were all really, really into our film scores anyway. I mean, I'm a huge fan of stuff like Hans Zimmer, John Williams, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. Um, even video game music has an influence as well. Sure. Um, stuff like Mass Effect, uh, Final Fantasy stuff, all that, all that. You know, all, it's all in there, really. I mean, it's quite a big melting pot of influences, this EP. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we just wanted to make sure that the actual, it came across in the right way and it, it had the right kind of atmosphere. Um, and that kind of sound, I think, was the best way to do that. Look, I've got to tell you, when I hear, I, I get a bit afraid, to be honest, whenever I get a, <laughs> a promo that has the first two tracks, which is effectively ambient music or symphonic music, <laughs> yeah. before the metal kicks in, because usually it's just done for show. It's not the case with you guys. I Believe me, I, I heard that. I'm not just saying that to blow some smoke up your ass now, but I, I definitely heard how much intent was th- that there was behind yeah. it. So. How do you work in that balance, though? Because, you know, as I say, the first two tracks are symphonic and then you hit mm-hmm. the metals. So mm-hmm. how do you work out exactly what you're trying to achieve? I mean, the, with this band, we, the whole kind of, I can't think of the right phrase, but the whole kind of thing that we have, kind of, I think they call it a modus operandi, sure. <laughs> um, is, is to have progressive metal but not have it too showy. Um, and we have our moments. Um, and you know we do show off a bit, um, but yeah, the whole you know the whole thing that we do is is to have progressive metal that's accessible. Um, even I mean, trying to get that coming across in a twenty-three minute prog epic, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. um, can be can be tricky. So I mean, yeah. we spent a lot of time writing the music to make sure that that was uh, that that came across. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, look, the, the other thing too, and uh, this is where I'll talk about some of the technical side of it too, because uh, as many people who listen, who listen to my podcast know, 
I'm a musician, so I get what you guys mm-hmm. from a uh, I get from a philosophical philosophical perspective what you guys might mm-hmm. be trying to achieve. But the guitar yeah. sound is gnarly; it just bites. Yeah. Got my Apple yeah. in my my iPod, the uh, yeah. the earpod, sorry, in, and I'm listening to it, and geez, it just comes mm-hmm. right the way through, mm-hmm. cuts right the way through. It's like I feel like doing air guitar yeah. when I'm on my scooter. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. so can can you talk me through your setup and how you achieve the tone because it's it's yeah. excellent. Yeah, so the, the tone is um, it's all an Axe Effects 2. Um, so it's all direct, so it's all going straight into my computer um, using the um, Mesa Triaxis SIM mm-hmm. um, into, I think, one of the um, the impulses packs from um, ML Sound Lab. I don't know if you heard of them. Sure, I have, um, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I can't, I can't remember what cab it was. I think it was the Mesa Traditional, but it's all direct. Um, and then um, I think... Going back to the other EP we did, that was a similar situation, um, but the guitar sound was dialed to be a bit tighter and less gain. Um, okay. But this one, because it's a 23-minute song, we wanted to make it so it wasn't quite so fatiguing to your ears, so we kind of dialed it in to sound a bit fatter, more gainier. Um, I'm actually really pleased with how it came out. Um, because, uh, I had my doubts at the start to whether I tracked it with too much gain because it's quite that's really you know my taste that's a that's pushing it with the amount of gain that I use, mm-hmm. um, but um, you know in the mix it 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 really sits really well especially with the bass sound, um, the blend that we got with the guitar and the bass was really nice I think. Yeah, I'm going to ask yeah. that question now because being a bass yeah. player, I was intensely interested yeah. in how you achieved the tone at the beginning of Canto yeah. Four. Is that the right way of saying Canto yeah. Four? Ha- Canto, how did you? Canto, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, Canto Four. That's, how that's did... Same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all through in aspects as well. Um, so it's all direct, um, but a big part of the sound of the bass comes from the, the dingwall that Christian uses. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and the preamp great bass. Um, really easy to mix, and we use the. Um, Parallax plugin as well when we're mixing. I think the, I can't remember who makes. Is it Neural? Neural DSP. Uh, I think. I've certainly heard of them, but I don't. I don't use a lot yeah. of it. I mean, I've got my rig yeah. and I set it up, and I haven't done a lot yeah. of recording in, in ages. Sorry, so yeah, yeah not yeah. too sure. But uh, but it's it's a it's a very yeah. tasty bass sound you've got there, and it's yeah. for for people listening. I reckon, if, if I can be bold, is to suggest any recording artist is struggling to achieve the the balance mm. between musicality and heaviness with the bass guitar. You've done it because yeah. there's a lot of fuzz yeah. going on there. There's a lot of distortion there, yeah. but you can hear what notes they're playing, mm-hmm. what notes your bassist is playing. Yeah, yeah. I think as well when we when we were mixing, we had that the level of distortion on a separate track, and um, so as and when needed, we can kick it up and kick it down. So when everything's going full, full pelt, um, the actual distortion on the bass is fairly low. But when mm-hmm. it comes to the beginning of Canto 4, um, we you know, fire it up a bit and turn the bass up and then bring it back down afterwards. So um, it's all a big balancing act, really, um, when you're mixing. I'm glad um, you mentioned that because yeah. I was going to yeah. ask that because you're very close to this. You're obviously a songwriter. Mm. You're playing the mm-hmm. guitars, you're playing the synth, and you're mixing and you're mastering as well. You're practically, mm-hmm. with the greatest of respect to your fellow musicians in the band there, you're practically <laughs> doing it all outside of playing their <laughs> instruments. So, But that that, that, ish, yeah. that also issues another problem in so far as when you get close to things, you often can't be objective. So how do you remain objective? Taking breaks, I think, is a big, a big part. Something I've learned when I'm mixing, it's really easy to 
sit there for 12 hours and do it um, non-stop. But you have to make sure that your ears are fresh. So I tend to mix for a bit, go and do something else, come back, uh, and then you can hear it, um, you know, you can hear it a little bit better. You know, you, d you don't get biased towards certain frequencies and that. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, and also having the guys, they do, they gave plenty of input when I was mixing. They all sure. came around, listened to it, and uh, told me, they, you know, pointed out stuff that I would have missed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even even though I, I took care of a lot of the mixing and the mastering, um, they, they definitely had their hand in it as well. Yeah. The old saying, uh, you know, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen spoils the broth, yeah. you know. So how does that work out for you guys then? Do you, do you, is there a point where you can sense it's going to be kind of argumentative and sort of you, do, you, do you back off? Because as I say, I've been in this, this situation many times myself and I've had some Barneys with musicians over things to the point where I've just walked away from things because I've had a different <laughs> vision vision of myself. So how did you guys sort it out? Because as I say, there's this is... It's metal. It's symphony. Mm. There's a whole bunch of things going on here. There's a uh, there's an enormous vision here, and I think mm. this release here for you guys hints at a very bright future. So, mm. does that ever come up when you guys are sort of discussing? You know, oh, you know, I want the time to sound louder, or I want the mm -hmm. the uh, the the G string on the on the bass <laughs> to sound louder. <laughs> does that ever come yeah. up? Not not really. I mean, we don't we didn't really have any arguments over it at all. I mean. I think mostly we're kind of the other guys look after their own thing. So I'll get notes from the drums from Gwalter. Um He gave he gave me loads of feedback on what to change, um, but it was all good stuff. Uh, Christian on the bass and Kurt on his vocals. Um, so we didn't have anyone, you know, coming in and saying. Oh, Kurt saying, for example, oh, can you turn the bass up or the bass down? And, yeah, that's what I'm getting like at. That. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um, yeah, and uh, we you know, we all kind of focused on our own thing, um, and then it's kind of up to me to bring it all together. Um, but no doubt, I mean, we, have, we generally have a really good atmosphere in the band. We don't have that uh, fights or or anything like that really. Mm. Um, so having the right characters, and I think we do. Yeah, I was just definitely. yeah, I was just talking to uh, my sister-in-law and her girlfriend about playing in bands. We were just digging up some photos of me playing in bands from about fifteen mm. years ago or so, and. It was incredible the amount of people that I could point to that I don't talk to anymore, and and some of that is because you just lose touch, but a lot of it is because yeah. you, we just disagree about things and you know harsh words mm. exchange, and you yeah. sort of move on. So to have what you guys have got, mm. it's rare. Mm. So so I, I truly hope on the basis mm. of the quality that that you've produced on Dante's Inferno that that can keep on going for you, because mm. that's what yeah, I'm getting you. to, and yeah. and and. What about playing live though? Because there is a, there's a hell of a lot going on. How do you re, how do you recreate that playing live? Um, well, the, the system that we use um, playing live um, is we have a lot of the synths on the backing track, so it's all set up to a click. Um, so we do, we put a lot of preparation in beforehand before we go out, and a lot of rehearsal to make sure we're tight and tight as hell to that, and we've got everything sorted out. So we're not really the kind of band that can turn up to a gig and say, okay, we're playing these songs today. We'll have the set list sorted out months beforehand mm -hmm. and, and practiced and have the right order, um, yeah, you know, set already. Um, so, I mean, in some cases that takes a bit of, you know, flexibility out. Well, it takes all the flexibility out and a bit of the kind of spontaneity out of it. But mm -hmm. um, that way, especially when you've got this kind of music you can focus on 
um, you know, having everything nailed down to a T and then you just go out and play the show. I think a lot of bands are doing that now, um, that kind of system, um, I think. But, um, yeah, it's popular. I think um, it depends on the, like, you guys have got it down pat in the studio and the reason you've got mm. it down pat in the studio is because it sounds like you're making a lot of the decisions. Again, mm. to the greatest of respect to the other musicians. But I've always said bands need to be benevolent dictatorships. If they're not, <laughs> things fall apart fairly quickly because you simply can't, they can't be democracies. They don't work. I've never been in a band that's been a democracy. I haven't been, sorry, reframe it in proper English. I haven't yet to be in a band that is a democracy that works. Yeah. They always work when somebody's up the top, being the uh, usually a singer-guitarist. Telling everybody, okay, we want it to sound like this. But uh, you seem to have figured that out. You seem to have figured it out. And and from the live perspective, I think, um, do you have, can you talk to me through actually how you get prepared for the live gigs? Is there a lot of rehearsal involved? Or how do you uh, actually bring what you're doing here? Because it's extremely ambitious to people. And then and for them to go, because this is what heavy metal is all about, ultimately, live performance. And then people go and sort of follow you thereafter. Of course, you've got someone yeah. great like Jade in the background, but you've really, and I'm sure you guys do. I've seen some of your YouTube yeah. clips, so I know you do, actually. I'll say that yeah. now. There's, there's a lot of trust, I think, with us um, that we practice on our own time as well. Um, I think that's a lot to make sure our chops are, are good enough um, and that you have the stamina to actually pull off the show because it's very intense. So you, even like a half an hour show, We'll structure the set list um, such that it's basically 100 miles an hour from start to finish. <laughs> so we're knackered at the end of it. So you have to make sure that you're, um, you're, you know, you've got your chops down enough that you can you can do that. Um, but there we do have a lot of rehearsal um, ahead, uh, and it's all done. I mean, the live show is prepared beforehand on a, on a MacBook. Um, and then we, um, you know, for the click and the, and the synth and everything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we bring we bring that um, together, uh, and, and we basically just drill it until we've got it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're lucky in that, that, that all the guys are talented enough to, that they can they can pretty much nail it. Um, yeah. If they've done the homework at home, which they do. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I can I can tell that. Yeah, certainly from yeah. the live performances that I saw on YouTube, yeah. you could tell that. Yeah. So, but what about the the balance? So, I, I take it you guys, you know, you've got lives, so of course you do. So you're either students or you're working. So how do you how do you find that balance between promoting your music and leading a normal life? We spend most of our free time doing it. So, um, <laughs> I mean, even when I'm at work, I'm thinking a lot about how to do Good stuff on you. and planning. Um, a lot of it, I mean, it's just how I work, is, is a lot of it's down to planning and have everything, have all your ducks in a row. So you're prepared mm -hmm. for a lot of, um, you know, any eventuality. I mean, we had a trip to, we played a festival at Portugal last year, uh, and there was a lot of planning that had to go into that to make sure it went smoothly. It did well a lot of stuff happened that was out of our control, like flights and stuff like sure. that. And there's only yeah. so much planning you can do, but even when we're not doing stuff, we're thinking about doing stuff, uh, if that makes sense. And I think that kind of, it that does. helps. Yeah. Um, and until recently, Guata had his own studio, a uh, little drum, well, say it's a studio, it's a little drum room that we made into a studio. Mm -hmm. um, so we had all our rehearsals there, so it was easy enough to get together. 
um, whenever we wanted because and that cuts down on the cost as well which is a big thing sometimes yeah massive thing yeah, yeah. Um, that they don't they just can't afford to practice all the time <laughs> yeah, but yeah thankfully you know Guelta had his studio that we could do that hmm. hey is there a decent metal scene uh, in, in Reading, I know it's very difficult to do anything at the moment mm. with the COVID nineteen mm. lockdowns. But uh, prior to this, and hopefully after this, mate, do, do you expect mm. to be hitting a lot of the stages around town? They isn't to be honest that much in terms of venues in Reading. It's more a little bit further afield, London, um, Southampton, Basingstoke is just is, is near. That's got a couple of venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a couple of venues in Reading. It's just not. Um, it isn't. A massive amount. Um, the scene was bigger than it is now. <laughs> Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, Brighton is another thing. So as long as you're prepared to travel a bit, um, it's uh, yeah, you can get your music heard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, I know. I've, I've so the scene itself is well. I've spoken. I see. To me, uh, I'm 42. Okay, so yeah. growing up to me, heavy metal was all about bolt thrower, venom, mm-hmm. iron maiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so many of these great British bands, but it's sort of, I wouldn't say it's petered off recently. I mean, it's because of the yeah. commercial bonanza is in the United States for the last 30 years or yeah. so, which meant a yeah. lot of the focus has been there. So the Floridian scene with death yeah. metal got got more prominence. But I just feel at the moment that the British scene is starting to come into its yeah. own. So are you feeling some of that? At the moment, I, mean, I don't think we're quite at the level where we're feeling that at the moment, but it certainly is there. Um, there are... Yeah, I think Milton Keynes is actually uh, quite a good scene. You had Tesseract and Monuments come out of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, so there is. I mean, you have to if you look for it, it's there. It's definitely there. There is a thriving scene. It's um, it's just not quite at the forefront as it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think if yeah. the media, especially the British media, is notorious for ripping people down. And uh, they didn't really get too much headway with guys like Carl from uh, Bolt Thrower and Barney from No Palm Beer. They just don't give a shit. But <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the point would be that the media in general, the globe over tends to focus on, you know, in inverted commas, urban music and ignores mm. rock and heavy metal. But rock and heavy metal, are, yeah. as Spotify will tell you, have the most loyal listeners. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reality is, is that it's an extremely popular style of music with both mm-hmm. musicians and listeners, so oh, there's always going to be a scene, and it's just whether or not the mainstream, yeah. you know, the pitchforks, looking at NME, yeah. pitchforks, this sort of thing, until they start yeah. paying attention to it again, and uh, mm-hmm. instead of tearing it down, I don't know whether they tear it down as much as what they did in the past. I'm talking mm-hmm. about NME here, but mm-hmm. you know, it's more about spreading the gospel, and you guys are at the forefront mm-hmm. of that, really, especially mm-hmm. in Britain. Um, yeah. You know, are, are yeah. you in touch with a lot of other musicians in the UK? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's a big, um, you know, there's a big scene online um, for this kind of thing. We're good friends with um, people that uh, run and go to the Tech Fest festival. There's a load, loads of talented bands um, that play at that festival. Um, so yeah, we're good friends with quite a lot, um, especially Christian as well, who's been in other bands. Uh, that have done really well, like Brutai, it's made loads of connections. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we've got loads of friends who who are, are, are part of the scene. Um, it's just uh, breaking yeah. through that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, a question I was going to ask earlier, but I'll ask it now. So, so the EP has fantastic artwork, I must say. I, I, mm. I truly enjoy yeah. looking at great, well-thought-out artwork. And can you describe to the listener what's going on with the artwork that, that accompanies Dante's Inferno? Because it, to me, it looks like a lithograph, but you've probably got more, more, more information than that. Yeah, it was, it was um, dubbed by Will Cross, who did Monument's recent album. Um, he, we basically just gave him the, the brief of the EP, um, and he came back first. That was the first thing he came out with. So it wasn't even the, uh, it wasn't even a, like a second draft or third draft or anything like that. We, we just, uh, said, here's the brief of the EP, see what you come up with. And that was the first thing he did. <laughs> so, um, it's great yeah. work. It's awesome. Yeah. Mate. I'd, I'd love to see it on a big, yeah. you know, those, uh, I'm looking at my flags at the moment. I've got uh, Iron Maiden, my football team, the Tigers, and also Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. There you go. So I'd love yeah. to see it on the flags at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Have you got Have you got plans to release merch and, along those lines? Well, I did. one thing, another thing that Will did was um, did a t-shirt, t-shirt design for us, um, which I think we're, we're selling now. Um, but that, yeah, it's another really cool, similar kind of design. Um, it's difficult to do merch at the moment just with the way that, everything's going on um yeah a lot of independent um because we tend to use independent artists um and merch people they a lot of them are, aren't able to do much work at the moment because um, yeah. i mean we we had a big hit from um from this whole situation we were going to go on a tour um a uk tour with less we forget yeah i saw that um, yeah i saw there's three or four dates there April. wasn't there or is there a bit more of that uh it was i think we were planning five um, yeah, yeah. By the time I think it was when it was cancelled, we had four confirmed, and there might have been another one that was coming. Um, but yeah, that was all cancelled, which is a shame. <laughs> but um, we're hoping maybe it depends. We don't know when we're going to be able to gig again. It might not be all year, um, but we were thinking about maybe October, but we're not sure. It's it's looking like it'll be all year because I know South Korea yeah. has been the first country that's opened up to mass gathering events, i.e. nightclubs, and they've just gone back yeah. into lockdown again because of that. I think. Hey, look, I only yeah. get what comes through on Twitter, so who knows? Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, you you read what you read and you hope it's true, but who bloody knows these days? You know, yeah. with the uh, with ed- lack of editorial oversight and news, but. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, yeah I, I get it, mate. And it was going to be my final yeah. question for you. So, yeah. it, and which is this? I'll ask this now. I mean, COVID nineteen has been a real bastard for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. but for yeah. musicians, it's in particularly been, uh, you know, like Bandcamp have gone and made all of their royalties yeah. available to musicians. Yeah. Musicians are suffering on a financial yeah. basis because of this. So, you yeah. know. It took us all by surprise, but did you have any special plans to promote this release? Because I, God, I say this a lot, but I'd, I'd truly hate to see this this EP fall through the cracks and not reach the ears of impressionable listeners at this time. Yeah, we're we're working on some stuff that we can do online, like some playthrough videos. Um, recording one at the moment for um, a couple of the parts. Grot has already done one a drum playthrough of one of the a couple of the parts as well. Mm. Um, we were going to choose a single from the EP, but it's kind of difficult. <laughs> we kind of um, we, we we settled on doing uh, combining one a uh, canto one and two, okay. a sort of a single in inverted yeah. commas. Um, so Guardians has done that um, for drum playthrough. I'm probably going to take three and four um, for a guitar playthrough. Nice. Um, 
so yeah we're working on some stuff but mostly the plans we did have were to be um to be gigging as much as we can we had the tour and then a couple of other gigs as well but they've all been cancelled so it's just not a lot you can do about it really but um yeah we're, we're, we're thinking of some stuff we can do in the meantime online mm. um really so hopefully that'll get the, the ep out um, yeah yeah well, it's a superb release, brother. Uh, I commend you. yourself and the band for, for, for being as ambitious as what you are because it's not easy. This is definitely mm. an EP. For the, for, for the podcast listeners' uh, benefit, I will say this is an EP for the headphones and you need to listen to this somewhere quiet, you know, away from a lot of different things, away the distractions of life or what have mm. you because there's a lot going on here and uh, mm. the, the symphonic elements absolutely complement the heavier elements. It's not just done for a uh, gimmick or for mm. uh, for whatever reason that you've decided to try. You know, whatever we, what you guys have done here is with full intent, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when people listen to it and they hear a lot of that symphonic stuff, I'd say don't tune out. Wait until the heavier stuff comes along and give it four or five listens, because it mm. kicks in after then. That's certainly what happened for me. And that's uh, Jade yeah. sent it through, and, and I thought, okay, I'll give it a listen. And uh, it's not that it didn't do it for me, but it's just that I'm busy and I didn't pay attention to it as much. <laughs> and then because I'm, as I said earlier, I'm scootering and walking a lot because of COVID-19, uh, I got into it naturally. And then I reached back out to Jade and I said, I think I need to talk to these guys here mm. about what, what they're doing. So, look, I'm grateful to you for being a musician and doing what you're doing because it's extraordinary stuff that you're achieving here. And uh, long may you uh, continue to make music and prosper. Well, thanks very much for your words, man. That's that's really good. And we're, we're definitely definitely aware that there's a certain amount of investment with a 23-minute progressive epic about a poem. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, think, uh, I think people have got to get but, real sometimes and say, look, yeah. what you're doing is... is it's a bit like diving into the classics, a Moby Dick or what have you. You know, you know, it takes a yeah. twenty. It, when you first read, you're like, "Oh God, this is different to anything that I've read." And in your case, yeah. it's, it, it is a bit different to anything people maybe have listened to previously. But persist mm. because there's a lot of value there, and I think that your music is broad descriptive or broad tangent to draw here. Mm. It's a bit like jazz; it doesn't come at you the first mm. couple of times. You know, yeah. you've got but to then listen. That, that kind of that kind of stuff lasts longer, doesn't it? That, mm -hmm. That's what we're really kind of going for is um, having something that has some replay value. And we've always been a, yeah. a, a, a fan of like the long form kind of stuff where, you know, back in the seventies when albums were albums, mm -hmm. you had to listen to them from start to finish to get the whole picture. And that's kind of what we're going for. I know we're going to be working on our, um, our first full album soon, I think as well, maybe towards the end of this year. Um, where we take the more techie side of the first EP we did and the, the, the big progressive side of this EP, kind of put them together and see what happens. Um, but have an album that you can listen to from start to finish takes you on a journey, really. That's what we wanted to do. That sounds unreal, actually. I'm glad yeah. you got that vision. Yeah, I can't wait for that, brother, actually. That, that'll be a, yeah. uh, a real gift for the musical community right there, given, given the accomplished playing and also the symphonies that you've uh, devoted to Dante's Inferno. So, mm. mate, look, thanks very much for the conversation. Look, what I'll no do worries, from man. here is uh, I release everything as it is. You, you may have heard some of my other podcast episodes before, mm. but I just put them all yeah. out there, mate, and I'll just link you in on socials. And, uh, mate, cool. feel free to, to uh, share. Oh, no, definitely we will. Yeah, we'll share it. Um, 
put it on our socials and everything. But thanks, yeah, really good interview, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Look, anytime you want to ha- have a chat, you know, you've got a new release or an yeah. important tour coming up, please either yourself yeah. or just Jay, just reach out. No dramas. Yeah, we'll do, man. Thanks, thanks very much, man. Thanks very much, mate. Okay, all the best with everything. Yes. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, mate. Catch you. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Simon Robbins from the UK-based outfit Flight of Eden. Thanks for listening.